0: You're listening to Working Girl Talk, the podcast by and for professional women. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. As a marketing expert in the corporate world and a side hustler myself, you'll hear the real and fun girl talk on all things workplace and work life, along with me and my esteemed guests who've been exactly where you are. Working Girl Talk is on a mission to make your workday better. Now let's talk. Hey Working Girl Tag, new year, new intro, new song, hopefully you're feeling the festive vibes. I've been wanting to change up the song for a while and I was like, you know, 2021 is the time. So hopefully that's a little more fun. The old chill vibe was cool, but I like a little more fun dance party to kick off our Friday mornings with Working Girl Talk. Welcome to the show. If you are new to the show, welcome. So happy to have you and welcome back to all of our other listeners who have been with us from the start. This is episode 82. Hopefully your new year is going off to a great start. It's already been a little crazy, but I'm wishing you peace and happiness and I just stress-free times because it can be stressful. So with that, let's dive into this week's past headlines. And I'm going to cover a few from over the holiday break because we didn't have a few episodes. And for those of you who are new, each week I cover the latest headlines you need to know about and put them in a bite-sized forms. You can easily digest them and I offer my takes too. So first up, social media today reported that TikTok is facing new legal challenges over its tracking of underage user data. Oh man, TikTok. Okay, guys, this is not the first time that this has happened. Do you remember when I did an episode, a few episodes, probably more than a few episodes back now, but if you go back and look, I did a breakdown on TikTok. They've actually been in trouble for this before. In February 2019, the FTC fined TikTok a record $5.7 million for illegally collecting the names, email addresses, pictures, and locations of kids under age 13. And... Allegedly, they may not have learned their lesson because as per Sky News UK, a 12-year-old girl from London who cannot be identified plans to bring a damages claim against six firms said to be responsible for TikTok and its predecessor app Musicali for loss of control personal data. So they may be under fire for this again. So there we go. TikTok, there's always something going on and I guess just make sure if you do have underage children using the app to just be careful because it's it's a lot (laughs) and that's all I'll say next story Adobe Flash is gone it's been a long time coming but Adobe Flash is gone I don't know if you remember always having to get the Adobe Flash download well now Flash is dead. Adobe got rid of it at the end of December. And just because we don't need it anymore, it was something for games to run on and for other applications like that. But Adobe has officially gotten rid of it, according to The Verge. Next story, social media today reported that if you want new clothes for your Bitmoji on Snapchat, you may have to pay. I'm not a Snapchat user, so I'm not really the target audience for this but hey who knows but social media today reported that a new way for snapchat wanting to branch into e-commerce more is testing and experimenting with expanded bitmoji fashion so i guess you'd be able to buy clothes and more customizations for your little bitmoji character which is the little character that you make that looks like you so we'll see if that works for them next and last story A huge story and I personally like what like this one blew my mind. Amazon buys Wondery. So Wondery is one of it was one one of the largest existing independent podcast studios and networks. They have done they did Dirty John. They did the Shrink Next Door. They did Guru. Like I love Wondery and I've actually worked with them in my corporate life. Uh, with some advertising stuff, and they are really awesome to work with and just good people. So, I was shocked to see that Amazon has bought them out. Terms were not disclosed, according to Bloomberg, but the Wall Street Journal reported that Amazon paid about $300 million. So, I was sad to see Wondery get swallowed up by Amazon just because I loved that they were their own independent podcasting studio and kind of like an OG podcast place for investigative reporting, which is really cool. But If Amazon hands you $300 million, who would say no? So we'll see what this transition looks like, if Wondery changes at all. I'd assume since Amazon is buying them because they want to grow their podcast enterprise part of Amazon, Wondery will probably stay the same and now they'll have even more money to make more shows. So We'll see how they evolve. And that is our new segment for today. As always, I link every article and resource that I have in the show notes, so you always know where to find more info. Now let's get into today's guest, which I'm really excited about. Today's guest is Laura Arroyo, who is an author and career coach. She is awesome. We recorded this episode in 2020, so I'm really excited to be sharing it. It's been a long time coming. We talk about supporting all women in the workplace and really being a champion for diversity in the workplace as well. Laura's book is called Visible, and it really is about how to show up and become more visible in the workplace no matter who you are, and it's just a really great resource. So we talk about the book, we talk about that, and we also talk about overcoming perceived career losses, which is a really interesting topic and how she overcame imposter syndrome by purposely embarrassing herself. Yes. So you'll have to be on the lookout for that because that's a funny little tip, but it's really helpful. And we also talk about self-publishing. She gives her top three tips when it comes to writing a book and how to find an editor for your self-published book and the whole process of getting a book published on Amazon. It's really fascinating and really interesting and a great way to broaden your message. And with that, welcome Laura to the show. Laura, let's Working Girl Talk. In typical Working Girl Talk fashion, we are going to go back in time a little bit. Did you always envision yourself as becoming an author and helping coach women? Like how did that path happen? <sighs> <laughs> Probably a long story. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So I always like to say I like to start with my heart and then kind of in with my head um, with this question. I... Um, was born to an immigrant mother Um, and so I spent a lot of my childhood sort of teaching her how to navigate the world. She was somebody who ran around town with a dictionary like trying to find like you know definitions of words and things like that and so you know at an early age um, I guess like the English language was like something that was really important to me. It was really important to us because it brought on an understanding of the world. I mean there were times where I was like, I don't know, eight years old, and my mom would say, hey, like, you know, I got this letter in the mail. What does it say? And sometimes it's like, maybe a lease agreement isn't something an eight-year-old should be, <laughs> should be reading or, you know, should have information about. But I feel like it made me grow up very quickly. And, you know, it had its advantages and disadvantages. Um, but from that moment, I kind of, Valued um, English, the English language. Um, I became a writer very, very early on in my life, and I, I read a lot of books and just had a, a genuine interest in literature in general. And then from there, I just went to school and just continued a, this passion in English. Uh, but people would tell me, you know, well, you know, you're not going to make any money <laughs> as a writer. And so I, I kind of took that to heart. And so I had a teacher that uh, was, she was my English teacher and she said, you know, college is really, really important and it's something that you should pursue. And that wasn't really something, I mean, in my household, it was something that was important to us, um, but it wasn't something like in my surrounding community, um, it wasn't as important, like people weren't like, oh, you, you know, go to college and stuff. And so those two things like education and English kind of merged in that moment um, through her. And so I was able to get a degree in English literature and secondary education. I went into teaching, but then I decided that I did not like teaching. (laughs) I've always had this interest in becoming a writer. I mean, not becoming a writer, more of an author, right? Um, I wanted to write my, my own story. So I always knew that I was going to do it eventually. Um, but it wasn't, like, my specific career. I later went into adult learning versus, you know, teaching children, and so now I work, you know, in employee development and, you know, uh, developing young women in the workforce, Um, but I always had this passion within me, like, this hobby, um, if you would call it, to write. I think COVID sort of propelled me to, you know, move at a quicker momentum. If there isn't any year, then, you know, it, it should be this year
0: that I do it. So yeah. <laughs> totally yes. I love that. Super cool to hear about that transition. So as we're talking about employee development, your book is cool because it has a specific take to black and brown women and the challenges that they face in the workforce. So I guess what challenges are there that maybe other women don't realize are out there, and how can we support women in the workplace?
1: That's an excellent question. Um, Visible actually kind of follows my career, and it talks about experiences that I've had in the workforce, and, you know, I try to be really specific in terms of, like, stating like, this isn't something for us to kind of claim ourselves as victims. If not, we are just trying to kind of move forward in the career and kind of have the same spaces and opportunities that other people have. But just in general that, you know, the challenges that I face myself is just um, like, you know, projection is it's kind of like how people impose their own feelings onto you and almost not taken seriously. And then um, there's the the extreme version of that is when like, you know, we're taken a little too seriously and and we're kind of like viewed as this kind of like angry or feisty person. Um, whenever we express ourselves, or whenever we have challenges or any complaints about things that are going on, our counterparts um, can support us in that by just listening and actually being supportive, and also opening up opportunities for us. There are a lot of times that we have to do our own fighting, but when you have an ally that's there with you that says, "You know, you know who would be a great who would be great for this project? I really think Laura would be like really good at this." And to just have that kind of support for somebody to kind of pull you up is is really just what we need in the workforce.
0: These conversations are important to have, like we need to be aware of all these things happening in the workplace that maybe people didn't realize was happening. And also the book um, touching on that too, I think that's such a nice resource. And even I realized, I didn't even say the full name of the book, the book, everyone, Visible, A Woman's Guide to Unleashing Your Full Potential in the Workforce. Everyone, go Google it, get it on Amazon right now. We love tips and tricks on this show. So, specific tips. So, let's dive into a few that you cover in the book. One that I thought was really interesting and super impactful, especially this year too, is career losses. Maybe those career, the opposite of the career wins. <laughs> so, like those <laughs> things that happen, maybe you didn't get the job, the promotion, or maybe something like a bad day at work, like just those career losses. And even in your, when you're reading like what is covered in your book, you say perceived career losses, which I think is interesting too. So maybe there's a little sneak peek. Maybe it's not a loss. I don't know. But um, how do like any tips, your like best few tips to overcome that and just change your mindset about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what I um, described in the book, and I'll share the story that I wrote, um, I was working for a nonprofit organization in in Maryland, and I essentially kind of just hit a glass ceiling there. Um, And so I started to apply for other jobs. um, um, And I applied for a a job at another nonprofit organization that was going to pay me like $20,000 more than what I was making. And so, of course, I'm like, oh my god I have to get this job and so like I interviewed and like they loved me they were like oh my god you're going to be like such a great fit like you are wonderful they're like laughing at all my jokes and like you know (laughs) so it was like yeah like this is going to be perfect and so I went back to my my desk at at my at my job and um uh, I received you know this email and, and she said hey you know this is the HR director she said hey can you send me a um, your information for a background check. And I said, okay, you know, I'll send it to her. Um, well, one of the things that I had kind of just been like getting by is that i never graduated from college. I had like two classes left, but I did, I had to like pay some financial aid or something um, in order to um, continue with the two classes that I needed. But since I was like so close and I, I like walked across the stage and everything, <laughs> So everyone like thought that I had graduated. So it was just like, whatever, I'm just not going to go back and do it. I'm not going to spend the money or the time to do it. Everyone thinks that I graduated, right? Like it's that perception. Um, And so, and I have a job, like they never checked my background. So, you know, maybe this company won't check my background either. Well, wrong. Um, (laughs) um, They did check my background and they realized that I did not graduate. It was a turning moment for me in my life and in my career it was just one of those things like that that I was so close to like a $20,000 you know raise essentially and a new role and and um something that was really exciting and I missed out on it based on something that I did it was almost I felt careless I felt like you know it was something that I like dropped the ball on and I really um I really, you know, was hard on myself about it, and so I, I got, you know, my my affairs in order, and I was able to complete those two classes, and I, I finally did get my my undergraduate degree, and I graduated, and you know, I was really, really happy about that. Um, but one of the, you know, things that I share in the book is that, you know, you should ask for help when you need it, um, and and it's really important to kind of view those losses as, a, as an opportunity to learn something. Um, now I'm in an industry that I, well, I work for a company that I love, I do work that I love, um, and so every, you know, career loss that you have um, might be your opportunity to turn things around for yourself. I mean, you might have a business, or um, you might have a small business that might not be doing well, right, if I'm gonna use that example. Um, and you might be disheartened by the fact that you have to shut it down. Well, um, you can use that, that, that fear and that um, feeling of sadness and rechannel that energy to create something new, something exciting, something that you really, really enjoy. Um, or you know, you might be laid off from a job, like just don't look at it as an opportunity to you know, be sad or as a loss, but look at it as an opportunity to look for something more exciting, something that's gonna invigorate you
0: it's so true. I relate so hard. One of my <laughs> like biggest like oh like I guess I don't even know. I, now I look at back at it as like a defining moment, but at the time it was like terrible is like when I applied for a job. Thought I owned it, same as you, made all the jokes, they loved it and I didn't get it. So it happens and it really is devastating. But like same to you. Like you look back and it's like, you know what? It happened for a reason. Sometimes you may not know why things like that happened until years later. But typically when you look back, you can kind of see like, oh, like connect the dots. Like everything was supposed to happen like that. It worked out. But it really is just kind of shifting that mindset as it's going, which is hard, but yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's extremely hard because just like I said, like, you know, we were told like from birth, we're like, you know, you're perfect. Like, you know, I don't know if you have brothers, like or I have brothers, right? And it's like he oversleeps, it's fine. I oversleep, <laughs> I'm irresponsible, you know. It's like <laughs> it's like, and so this, you know, these roles that, you know, are placed on us and stuff, and, and um it is just it happens naturally but it's the expectation that we are to be perfect is just, it's is constant. And so the times that we don't, we miss the mark, you know, it is hard for us. It's so hard. Um, but, you know, if you continue to doubt yourself and to feed into your fears, then you won't get anywhere. Um, you'll continue to feel like, oh, I am not I won't be able to do the things or overcome this experience. So,
0: It's so true. And that relates directly into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is imposter syndrome, our favorite worst enemy, (laughs) Uh, which you talk about it in the book too. But maybe just like for our listeners, like if you have like one tip that helps you combat that, Um, that would be helpful because I know a lot of people struggle with it in varying degrees. And especially if you have a career loss or something like that, it can really manifest itself. So I guess any advice or tip that has helped you overcome imposter syndrome?
1: yeah it's so interesting. so the reason how this kind of came about is i um I also wrote about this in the book. I was in a conference room and and one of my bosses did something that was like really really embarrassing um and and essentially she just like told me to shut up in the middle of a meeting uh, to put to give you the short version of it <laughs> um and so that really like it sucked all of my energy like it really made me feel like. God, like, what are you doing here? Like, your opinions aren't valid. You are not worthy enough to be here. Like, who are you, young Latina woman in this executive room? And, you know, you, you, your voice isn't, you know, valuable. Um, and that's just, those are all the things that I I told myself. And I didn't know that I was telling myself those things until I literally like went radio silent for about two years. Like, I'd be in meetings and I would want to say something, and I like wouldn't say anything from fear of like being rejected. Um, and so I think one of the things that I have done to kind of combat that is to purposely embarrass myself. So, <laughs> so uh, and I frame it that way because I recently saw this video from Sarah Blakely. She's the creator of Spanx. You know, love a, her. Yeah, she created this video that she's talking about how she purposely puts herself in embarrassing situations um, so that she can overcome that embarrassment, so that she no longer feels embarrassed about anything because she's literally experienced every form of embarrassment. Um, and so I just thought that that was such like a brilliant thing to do. And it reminded me, um, it's not specific to embarrassment, but it it reminded me how I kind of, what I kind of do to overcome imposter syndrome. So if I know that I'm uncomfortable from that traumatic experience that I had in one meeting, I literally force myself to say something. And so I, whether it comes out right, whether it doesn't come out right, I force myself every single time and put myself in an uncomfortable situation where I fear that, you know, you know, maybe they're not going to hear me. Maybe they're gonna talk over me. Maybe they're not gonna value my opinion. Maybe they're gonna shut me down. Uh, I force myself into that just so that uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, So if you continuously put yourself in those uncomfortable situations when you're feeling that imposter syndrome creep up, lean into it, Um, lean into it, own it, and you know, whatever happens just happens and just keep doing it until you make yourself, you know, make the uncomfortable comfortable for you.
0: Love that. I hope everyone has their notepad and just wrote that down. (laughs) Set some like embarrassment goals for yourself, set some like self accountability. Like I'm going to speak up when I notice that feeling being triggered in me. Um, I think that's a great way to go about it. It really is one of those things like you are the only one that can change how you react to how you feel about imposter syndrome. If that made any sense.
1: (laughs) Yes, it did. Yes, totally. Because people experience it different ways, too. Like, for me, I'm terrified of meetings. Like, in some people, you know, people that are listening might be like, God, I was so, like, like, grow up, you know? <laughs> but it's because I've had this, you know, experience with a, with a former boss that I truly respected and, and really loved. And I was in a room full of women that I, I thought were, like, bright, you know? And for somebody to tell me, you know, shut up in that moment with women that I looked up to, it it kind of made me feel like you know well maybe I shouldn't be speaking ever in meetings um although i know i know now that it's not true because i've put myself in in those uncomfortable situations where i speak up now and and i realize like no that was just an outlier moment um and instead of you know ignoring it or Thinking of it as an outlier moment, I leaned into it, into imposter syndrome, and then you know it silenced me for all those years. And and that wasn't I wasn't doing anyone any good by silencing myself.
0: And that's so important to be mindful of because I know like even just hear you say that I'm like oh I relate like I know exactly that situation, and I'm sure so many of my listeners relate as well. So and I I like what you said about you weren't doing anyone any service by keeping your mouth shut like. You have something to offer. We all do. We all bring a perspective. So there's the golden reminder today, everybody. You are valuable, and you have something valuable to offer. I want to talk about self-publishing. You self-published the book, so can you walk us through that process for someone who has no clue how to do that? Like, how did you learn? Like, because when I look on Amazon, it's there. So, <laughs> how, how did you like learn how to do that, and what was the process like overall?
1: Yeah, I like to tell people that it's not as overwhelming as it um, as it seems. Um, But, you know, then people are like, well, you know, you're saying that now because it's already done. (laughs) Um, um, But what I will say, it is as overwhelming as it seems. I am an avid podcast listener. And so I was listening to a podcast and this girl was talking about her self-publishing process and uh, what she did. And she talked about this book called Published. And I was like, you know what, I should get that book. It actually really drove me to like, okay this is step one, you should start writing, you know, write your outline. You know, step two, you're going to write until you, you know, can't write anymore based on your outline. Um, And then you're going to decide on a title and then you're gonna decide a book cover. You're gonna get an editor. You know, it was just like step-by-step guide on how to do that. And I think that that book was very helpful. Um, I believe the book is by Chandler Bolt. Um, I think that's the name of the author. I think that you have to be committed to writing a book um, in order to accomplish it. And it has to be something that you really, really want. There are two key things that are really important, is you need to get a really, really good editor. You know, you don't want to spend a lot of money to write a book, Um, although, you know, sometimes it could get costly. Um, But that's one of the things you kind of want to really invest in is the editor, is because that is going to be the person that, you know, looks over any typos, any errors, any um, things that don't make sense, they're going to enhance the text that you write. Um, the second thing that you want to make sure that you do is that you have to stop editing at some point, um, which is really, really hard. <laughs> um, because you're you you never you're never going to think it's perfect, ever. Like, ever, you're never going to think it's perfect. Um, and so you'll keep editing and editing and editing, and then you'll never put it out. Um, and it goes back to that whole idea of, um, feeding into your fears and your doubts, like, am I good enough to put this out? And there are things that I, I think about every day that I feel like I should have written that invisible, <laughs> um, but it went out, and um, it was the perfect timing, and it was uh, the perfect moment for me to release it, and, you know, it's something that, that I do not regret. Um, The the last thing, I knew I said that there were two, but I want to say something else too, is um, don't ever write to a title. So like you write around topics versus like a title, because if not, then you are the entire time that you're writing, you're literally wedded to that title. I made the mistake early on, even though I knew that I shouldn't have done this, I decided on a title. And then I went, as I was writing, I was like trying to write to that title and I was getting stuck. Until I eventually let go of that idea, like, oh, this is gonna be the name of my book. Uh, I let go of that idea and looked for the thing that was most repetitive in my book, which was the word visible. Um, It was about women being visible in the workforce, it was about us having a voice in the workforce. And so that was the thing that kind of stood out to me, and that's kind of the reason why I named that. And it's kind of the reason why. you know, you shouldn't write to a You should just kind of let yourself flow.
0: Those are great tips, great things to think about. And how did you find an editor?
1: There are tons of like platforms where people freelance. I know one of them is Upwork. Um, I actually freelance on Fiverr. Um, and so I don't edit books or anything because I'm kind (laughs) of tired. So I don't edit books but I do other freelance writing on there but you can find excellent wonderful editors on there. Uh, I would bet them. I would have read their work to see whether their style of writing is is right for you and you can certainly use those platforms. They're young eager people that are ready to make money and, and really professional and and just ready to be helpful.
0: Those are some awesome specific places. And that book published sounds like a really good resource. I'll have to link that in the show notes too, along with your book as well. (laughs) Um, How long does it take for, I guess, like Amazon to show, like, do you submit it to them? And does it like take a while for them to actually show it? Or do you get to pick your Published date is that? I don't know if that's a
1: weird question, but I'm so sure. once yeah no, um, it's so funny because I was like freaking out about this too. Once you click the publish button, it goes to them, and then they like review it. So it's like it, they say it's like a forty-eight hour window, but it's really not. It's like a twenty-four hour window. Um, but once you hit publish, it is released to them, and they're gonna literally either publish it in six hours, twenty-four hours. <laughs> you know, they're gonna put it up there. Um, so. We always say like, you should absolutely
0: be ready once you
1: are at that point, because it's, it's going up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have so much control these days. Like you can self-publish a book, like through things like Amazon and like you can become your, like, an own, your own business owner through Etsy and through Instagram. Yeah. Like we have so much like power, I feel like compared to the olden days. Not that yeah. I was around for them, but <laughs> just seems like it. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: so, we, have, we have so much access. I don't know whether I would have written a book if I felt like, you know, I was gonna to have to do paper copies and which I actually wish I would have done some. Um right now it's only available as an ebook. Um, but you know, just the ability to just like hit a publish button and you are out there in, in the world
0: is just absolutely fascinating. Digital age. There you go. It's <laughs> full of good stuff. Um, so Laura, we are heading into the working girl talk top 10 are you ready (laughs) i think so (laughs) (laughs) i always think i need to add like game show music right here (laughs) Uh, but okay let's go my first job ever
1: my first job ever was at the factory card and party outlet the factory card and party outlet was bought out by party city so if you're familiar with party city it is literally the exact same store um, I started working when I was 16. My friend, Kristen, she got me a job there. We had a lot of fun there. We blew up a lot of balloons, hundreds and hundreds of balloons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So good. Next one, an essential part of my morning routine is?
1: Coffee. I'm, I really like coffee.
0: I'm obsessed with blank right now. Anything you're obsessed with, like a show, a food, a song, a product, what are you obsessed with right now <laughs> whatever
1: so I just got a turtle <laughs> um I'm, I'm kind of an animal lover I love my turtle right now I feel like he's so cute he's so gross but he is so cute
0: <laughs> what's the name
1: uh, his name is Rocky Ooh,
0: I like it yeah <laughs> I love that that's awesome a girl boss that I look up to
1: Maybe that's going to sound arrogant, but I feel like myself. I'm going to say myself. Is that okay? Yeah, we love that. We love it. I'm going to say myself. I, you know, have really, really grown a lot. And um, I just feel like I've put a lot of thought and effort, not only into my business, but like my full-time work. I like see a lot of women and I really invest in them and try to give them the best resources as possible um, and I just really think that I've just been killing it this year. Like, I like I feel like I deserve a pat on the back. So I will choose myself for this one.
0: <laughs> yes, we love that. That is awesome. Favorite account to follow on Instagram?
1: My favorite is um, Sophia underscore Ro. She's a chef, like natural person, advocate. I just think that she's really, really beautiful. I like her vibe. And then the other person would be Hey Fran Hey. Who is um, one of three members on the Friend Zone podcast. Um, they have a great uh, mental health podcast, mental health awareness. Um, she's also in that very like naturey health advocate type of vibe. Uh, I really like her energy. She's super cool.
0: I have blank at my desk always.: Post the notes everywhere. I support that. I support that. I'm a Post-it girl too.
1: I'm a list person. And so like, I like to like check off, mark off, rip off, you know, that type of thing that like does something for me.
0: So probably Post-it notes everywhere. Next one, the best advice you've ever received.
1: I've also wrote this invisible as well. Uh, One of my colleagues told me um, one day when we were in a meeting and I let someone um, skip me in the meeting Uh, He told me to never let anyone put me on the back burner. The reason why he said that was because he realized that they skipped me. And so he repeatedly kicked me under the table. (laughs) And you guys know I have this fear about speaking in meetings. So I'm already (laughs) like, you know, uh, well, you know, it, it wasn't important. And so I told him, you know, well, it wasn't important. And he says, well, you should never, it doesn't matter because you have an update to give you're the head of the department, whether you feel like it's important or not, it is obviously important um, because you are a part of this meeting, you're a part of the management staff, why would you you know, put yourself on the back burner? And I think the idea of that is that when you, you know, constantly put yourself on the back burner, um, you start to feel like your work isn't important. That's the intention of visible is so that we can, um, you know, stop making ourselves invisible and that we can kind of speak up and show up for ourselves in those moments that seem so small, right? Because in that moment, it's like, really, it's not a big deal. And I was so grateful, you know, that he's like, no, it kind of is a big deal. Um, and so you should never allow anyone to put you on the background
0: love that so much gold there that is awesome <laughs> and next one your favorite book or podcast that's had an impact on you
1: my favorite book is probably
0: the color of water and that's by james mcbride proudest moment in your career so far
1: Proudest moment oh it has to be releasing invisible has to be um you know, years ago, like, you know, when I was asked this question, I'm just like, you know, what what am I, like, proud of? I just feel like I'm kind of, like, going through emotions um, of things and, like, is this something that I really should be proud of? Am I really, am I really, like, killing it, you know? Um, I think that, you know, releasing Visible was something that um, my friends and family celebrated and it was just kind of, like, the spotlight on me and I had never felt so accomplished. Like when when Hispanic women have representation, for example, like, you know, if you're thinking about writing a book, like, you know, I understand those challenges. Uh, We have that representation, somebody that, you know, you know, wrote a book and so that it kind of makes it possible for you. Um, It kind of clears that path for you to really do whatever you want. And so that in itself is like super rewarding to me, super I'm super grateful to have the opportunity to even, even talk about this. I, I, I really feel like, you know, I don't, the work that I do every day, is it has very little to do with me. Um, it has a lot to do with the people around me and how I want them to, you know, gain success from just like reading and, and learning from my journey and learning from all the mistakes that I made, you know, to, to get to where I am. That's important to me.
0: Love it. Love it. So much purpose. That is so cool. Um, Last one. I am inspired by blank. I am inspired
1: by girl bosses, you know, women that are out there doing their thing, like whether it's in podcasting, whether you're writing a book, whether, you know, you work a nine to five job, whether, you know, you're trying to do an Etsy business, whether you're creating a skincare line, like I could go on and on and on about this. Like I am so fascinated by people or by women specifically that are able to create something out of nothing that you know take defeat and are able to really like um that are able to really just own that type of thing and um just take their stuff to the next level
0: you made it through the top 10 great
1: Thank job you. <laughs>
0: So where can everyone follow you, get the book, and also if you want to drop the writing shop co-handles because we didn't even get to talk about that. So yes. <laughs> tell us where to find you and all the stuff you're doing.
1: Um, So on Instagram, you can find me at LadyLauraCo. Um, I also have a small journal, notebooks, writing tools, pens, planners, a shop on Instagram as well and on Etsy. Uh, that is the writing shop co Um, Visible is available on Amazon right now you can find the link to visible in my bio on Instagram You can find everything else there as
0: well. Love it. So much goodness. Everyone go check out Laura's book. This is awesome. I will link it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Laura. This was so fun. Thank you for listening to Working Girl Talk today. To keep up with everything Working Girl Talk, make sure to check us out on Instagram, follow us on LinkedIn. And for my Friday favorite, every Friday I do a little Friday favorite, something I liked that week. And with the new year, my Friday favorite is my Create and Cultivate Planner. It is so awesome. And I think last year this was probably my Friday favorite too. So I got another paper planner this year. It's a really cute cover that's pink, says 2021. They have stickers, they have financial goals you can set, and a weekly breakdown it's a really nice way just to plan out everything if you are a paper planner person like me and like checking things off so that's my friday favorite thank you so much for listening to working girl talk we have new episodes every friday and we've had some amazing guests at episodes in the past so if you are new to the show or you want to re-listen make sure to check out the plethora yes i said plethora of episodes from last year and the year before Thank you so much. If anything resonated with you today, make sure to share the link with a friend and make sure to tag Working Girl Talk if you ever want to share us on your Instagram story. We love to see it. Thanks so much. I hope your work day is awesome.